0: At this year's Oscars, Oppenheimer took home the award for Best Picture, Emma Stone and Robert Downey Jr. also picked up wins, and Ryan Gosling brought the Kennergy. For a recap of all the highlights, listen to the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR.
1: Lately, it seems like a lot of Black celebrities are getting involved in media ownership. Actress and TV producer Issa Ray.
0: Hey, I'm Issa Ray, and you may know me from my web series, The Misadventures of Opera Black Girl, or my TV show, Insecure, and I am the CEO of Hooray.
1: Charlemagne the God, host of The Breakfast Club. What if there was a network
2: where a lot of my favorite black voices could be heard? That would be something, right? Not just one show that moves culture, but a network. Well, I am proud to announce.
1: The Black Effect Podcast Network. Drop one of the clues bombs to that. Rapper and record company executive
0: Diddy. Today is a very, very big day. I'm here to announce my new cable network revolt. I'd first like to say thank you to Comcast and NBC for recognizing the importance of minority ownership in cable television. I think it speaks to something that people who have been studying the space of black media have understood for a while, but ownership matters.
1: Cheryl Thompson Morton is the director of the Black Media Initiative at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at City University of New York.
0: There's one thing to have an outlet that is focused on the community, um, but it's another thing to have the decisions all the way at the top be informed by people from the community.
1: She says to understand the importance of Black ownership of media now, we need only look at how Black newspapers and radio stations many years ago humanized and contextualized Black life and Black people.
0: In looking at Black American life, the Black press has been the second most important institution in Black life historically, after, of course, Black religious institutions. Um, And that is because Black press held power to account. Um, Black press was where we also got to see that our communities were born and died and, you know, had normal life events just like any other community um, that were often left off the pages of mainstream or white-dominated outlets. And so my team recently uh, aimed to do a study that looked to see what is the role that Black media plays in today's society. Um, and we saw that even in this period, that Black media really talked about topics of importance to Black communities more often, that they humanized subjects more often, um, and that they connected current news events to the historical fight for justice.
1: While there's buzz about recent media moves by black celebrities, the vast majority of radio and television broadcast stations, 93 percent, are still owned by white people. That's according to a recent FCC report on diversity in media ownership based on data from 2021. Even BET, formerly known as Black Entertainment Television, one of the first major cable networks founded and operated by black people, has not been owned by black people for over 20 years. But earlier this year, when owner Paramount Global hinted the company might sell BET, several well-known African-American entrepreneurs expressed interest in buying it. That roster includes Diddy, Tyler Perry, and comic-turned-media mogul Byron Allen. Allen has acquired a variety of broadcast and online outlets for the past few years. Some of them, like the Black News Channel, are targeted towards Black people, but others, like the Weather Channel, are not.
2: In building my company, it was real simple. I'm building one of the world's largest media companies, if not the world's largest media company, and I happen to be Black.
1: We asked him what that might look like, what it might take to reach that goal, and how it might affect both Black culture and media across America. It's Consider This from NPR. I'm Eric Deggins. It's Sunday, June 4th.
0: Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR is with you four days a week to talk about what we're watching, listening to, or just trying to figure out. What you might check out this weekend, what you checked out last weekend, it's all fair game for good conversation. For pop culture and high spirits, listen now to the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR. I'm glad you said that because nobody says that. Can I just say thank you to you for such a thoughtful interview? Oh, my God. Yeah, I think you nailed
2: it. Bullseye. Interviews with creators you love and creators you need to know. Listen to the Bullseye podcast only from NPR and Maximum Fun.
0: The news can feel incredibly overwhelming. For a breath of much-needed fresh air, head to NPR.org's culture section. From the buzzy movies, tiny desk, and artists that everyone seems to know about... Type in npr.org for the latest and greatest in the pop culture universe.
1: It's Consider This from NPR. Comic-turned-businessman Byron Allen is the founder and CEO of Allen Media Group. He says his company represents 90% of black-owned media. He's been very vocal about the importance of black owners in media. But one obstacle he's identified is a lack of business from some big advertisers. He says it's a problem he's been fighting for years.
2: So what I said to white corporate America, who conveniently excluded black media, I said, we represent approximately 14 percent of the population. We should be 15 percent of your ad budget. The extra one or two points is for the 150 years you did not do business with us.
1: And trying to get advertising dollars for Black-owned media spaces isn't just a battle Alan fights at corporate negotiating tables. When I talked to Alan, he told me about his ongoing fight with McDonald's to hold them to account for their promises about advertising with Black-owned media.
2: So listen, you know, let's talk about McDonald's. McDonald's takes in about $100 billion a year out of 39,000 stores. And a lot of it is out of the Black community. McDonald's is spending approximately, we believe, a $1 billion a year in advertising, a billion. And Black-owned media, when I filed the lawsuit, was getting less than $5 million, when we believe they're pulling up about $40 billion in sales out of the Black community. So I filed a $10 billion lawsuit against them using the Civil Rights Act of 1866, Section 1881. And then the Civil Rights Act, it is stated, which was put on the books as the first Civil Rights Act in this country to protect Black people in this country, we would have economic inclusion in contracting commercial and government. And I use this lawsuit and it has not been dismissed. That's a big deal. That's huge. That's historic. And I believe that it was, uh, it's not only historic, it was Absolutely necessary because it gives us transparency. So
1: now, uh, to 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 be to be fair, I do want to mention that um, when your latest lawsuit was filed, uh, McDonald's released a statement. And they said, in part, quote, Byron Allen files baseless lawsuits as part of a public smear campaign against our company to try to line his pockets. We will not be coerced by these tactics and we'll defend ourselves vigorously. So uh, I just want to ask you, what's your response to uh, McDonald's and other critics who might say you're just trying to pressure this company uh, with bad publicity into buying more advertising from your platforms?
2: Great question, and thank you for asking me that question. Their opinion of me doesn't matter. I don't expect you to have a good opinion of me because I'm holding you accountable. The reason they put that statement out was because of the second lawsuit. And in the second lawsuit, we used the California Civil Code of 1711 that basically says if you make a pledge, you have to live up to it. Now, there's a great article in the Washington Post where they talk about in the Black Lives Matter movement that white corporate America pledged over $50 billion to Black America and has lived up to less than $1 billion of it. So in the second lawsuit, all I said was, you pledged to spend 2% of your budget, your ad budget with Black-owned media, and you have not lived up to it. So um,
1: I also want to ask you, you went on Bloomberg and you talked about the possibility um, that you might buy Tegna. Uh, which is a company that manages 64 TV stations across the country. What's the strategy in your interest in, in this company? Uh, how likely is it that you might make a play to buy it? And 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 how would Tegna sort of add uh, to the uh, media company and the
2: platforms that you already own? Tegna is a phenomenal company. It's uh, the largest portfolio of ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox affiliates around the country. They do extremely well in local news and local news is very important to me. Uh, this is an asset that we're very interested in. We're in that space. It is a phenomenal category for us to be in. We love and appreciate local news. It matters. and we are very focused on being number one in the news space.
1: now, what what's interesting to me, um you you own lots of non you know black focused, media platforms, how do you make sure that the companies that you own are fair uh, and, and free from racism and prejudice? And in particular, if you're going to buy a bunch of Techna stations, uh, will you be able to ensure that their local news coverage, for example, is free
2: from these problems? Absolutely. I mean, that goes without saying. Uh, most people who, who deal with me know who I am. Uh, I'm very clear. I'm very loud. I'm very proud. And they know that I take action and I take immediate action when I see something that I believe is not right. Um, There was a young kid, young black kid who was murdered. He was uh, playing his music in the parking lot and a white guy had checked into a hotel and he didn't like hearing that music in the parking lot up in his hotel room. And he went down and he Shot and killed the young black kid. Now, I happen to own a television station in that market. And uh, I called up the person at the time who was running my stations and I said, I want you to make sure that our news department goes and do a story about that young black kid and his family and humanize him because media has a way of demonizing black people, especially black men. He didn't have a gun. He's dead. I want you to show America who he is. And the the guy who worked for me at the time said to me, you know, it was an awkward moment for him because he had been in the business many, many years. And he had worked for a number of wealthy uh, white families who owned very large news operations. And none of them had ever called him to get involved with a local story, more or less suggesting I was interfering because there's that wall of news and you don't call up and you don't interfere. And I had to explain to him in that moment over your 40 years in this business, you've worked for very rich white men who never had to care or be concerned about the narrative because they were rich white men. Today, you work for a rich black man and I have to be concerned about the narrative. And that's what happens when you have diversity and ownership and that matters. Now I've never shared that story publicly. Well, we we
1: appreciate you sharing it with us. Uh, just one last question that I want to end with. And um, you know, again, it's the question I have to ask to be fair, because um, there will be critics out there who will say, uh, you know, Byron Allen uh, often speaks up when he wants to buy something or when he's interested in something. He'll talk about being interested in BT, He'll talk about being interested in Tegna uh, and that that publicity helps him achieve what he wants. But is there substance behind it? So I'm just going to ask you, what would you say to critics who would say, um, you know, you can talk about wanting to do these things. But, um, you know, how do we know? that you're going to achieve the things
2: that you say you're interested in doing well to be honest with you i don't know it's a competitive process right so it was a competitive process to buy the weather channel i bought it five years ago i beat out some uh pretty smart folks and we bought the weather channel and we've increased the top line revenue in the EBITDA. um i was in a competitive process to buy you know a billion dollars worth of big four network affiliates i've been in a competitive process to become the largest provider of first-run television shows to television stations it's a competitive process um there are folks who want to buy tegna they may get it over me there are folks who want to buy bt vh1 they may get it over me and that's okay there's no shortage of deals but the deal has to be right the deal has to make sense and what we strike on, we strike on what makes money and makes sense. And just because we don't get it today doesn't mean we won't own it tomorrow. But I will guarantee you, we will always be the biggest and the best.
1: Byron Allen, head of the Allen Media Group, thank you very much, sir.
2: Thank you, my friend. Continued success. Thank you.
1: It's Consider This from NPR. I'm Eric Deggins. I'm Peter Sagel.
2: NPR is very serious, mostly. It treats newsmakers with all due respect, almost all the time. It brings you the most important information about the issues that really matter, usually. And it never asks famous people about things they don't know anything about, except once in a while. Join us for the great exception. Listen to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the news quiz from NPR.
1: Every afternoon, here and now, anytime, has a little news, a little something you weren't expecting... And always a fresh perspective on stories that make you think. All in about 30 minutes. Need a solution to the burnout, the bombast, the bloviating of other news? That's Here and Now Anytime, a podcast from NPR and WBUR.